Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take Heart, Take Ground podcast with your host, Keelan. Um, Today, we're going to be diving into a topic that's a little bit iffy, um, but I'm going to break it down for you so that when you think about it or when this happens for you next time, you're going to be less skeptical and you're going to be more open to the idea of it. So um, let's just dive straight into it. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray us in. Um, Heavenly Father, your kingdom come, your will be done, as on earth as it is in heaven. Hallowed by your name, give us this day your daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, I pray that we would go into our weeks, even going to this day, knowing the power that you have and not doubting with fear, but just diving deeper into who you are and the gifts. Yes, the gifts of the Spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And so, Father, we accept you, we love you, and we know that you died for us in our sins, and we are unworthy, but we are anointed. And in these things I pray, in your name and in the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, I titled this message today, God Can Do Miracles, period. Um, Yeah, I said it, period. Um, So, this thing, it's kind of hard to believe when your church or... Someone tells you about a miracle that God God did for them. Um, I remember from a personal experience, we went out to this uh, this beach chapel in Encinitas, and um, the pastor or a minister I, I I don't really know I wasn't really super involved in that church, but all I would say is is that um, they started doing healing on the spot. And I was with a group of friends and. Um, Honestly, I mean, everybody else felt weird, and I really wanted to stay. Um, you know, one of the girls in the group was feeling very uncomfortable that the guy would heal somebody's knee and then say, "Well, how's it feeling?" And she's like, "Oh, that's just weird. Like, I feel like like you're putting God on the spot like that." And to some degree, she's right. Um, I don't believe that necessarily God heals every time instantly, but I think God heals. Um, and he can heal gradually or he can heal instantly. Um, and that's where I am and I'm pretty firm on that. Um, and so we're going to go into a couple things that are required for a miracle. And um, this is kind of piggying back of, off of um, the pastor of my church, pastor of my church, Mark Franci at Ocean's Church. And I kind of just wanted to dive deeper in it, into it because... Um, I mean, when he does a church service, it's it's short, and he can't really dive into the theology of it too much. So um, I just wanted to break it down more because I thought it was so good. So um, we're going to be going over, first, what are the fruits of the Spirit? What are the miracles that can take place? And then we're going to go into some of the miracles that Jesus performed, and then the requirements for a miracle to happen, okay? So I'm going to read you 1 Corinthians 12.28. There's many other scripture passages out there that 
talk about the spirit of the, the fruits of the spirit, but um, for time's sake, <laughs> we're just going to use this one. All right. So, First Corinthians twelve twenty eight. Here's some of the parts of God has anointed for the church. First are apostles. Seconds are prophets. Thirds are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. And those who can speak in unknown languages, also known as tongues. And tongues, fun fact for you, cannot be understood by hell. Um, I just learned that, and I was actually, wow. I, I actually, I don't even understand it, so that actually makes sense. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, so, when we talk about people who prophesy on you, or we talk about people doing miracles, we talk about healing, and we talk about people who speak in tongues. These all, like, all of these sound a bit far-fetched and a little hard to believe, um, especially when they're performed in front of you. Um, but I'm just going to be straight up with you. I believe in everything that the Bible says, every single word of it. And so that stuff isn't weird to me. And I actually believe that it happens. Uh, so, um, what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into some scripture and we're kind of going to kind of look at things from how Jesus performed a miracle uh, more specifically healing. Um, we can go into tongues and we can go over doing other signs and prophesying and, and um, those things. But I kind of group them together so that they can just kind of be one thing and we can kind of tackle it together. Um, so, But before we dive into this, I just wanted to say that um, I used to be super skeptical of all that. I think people can use the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts, and kind of abuse that power. Um, if you guys watched uh, The Jesus Revolution, um, it's a movie that came out, and it's about uh, Pastor Greg? Uh, Laurie? Yeah, Greg Laurie. Um, and so I highly recommend if you guys are watching it. But um, there's a scene in there where um, this guy named Lonnie, he is like, gosh, he's so well-spoken and super, super passionate about God. And um, he starts healing people, and um, he did it once during a church service, and then he, he started to do it more often, and it started to be more of a show and kind of like theatrics. And so um, I can totally understand where people come from about being skeptical and not knowing like if it's, if it's true. And um, listen, we believe in weirder things. People getting healed, that's nothing. We believe in a Lord and Savior that literally came from a virgin birth you know, and, and we believe in weird things, believe me. So I think that if you have reservations about it, it's about to be torn down today. So let's dive into it. I have a couple passages for you. I'm just going to read them off. You can just listen. Um, you don't have to turn to your Bible, but if you have them, why not? So I'm going to do four of them. Um, the first one is Mark chapter one, verse 40. Man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Luke 8, verses 43 through 48. I'm just going to paraphrase this. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and Jesus said, Who touched me? And... 
while looking around, someone deliberately touched me, Jesus said. And when the woman, when the woman realized she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fall to her knees. And she said to him, I touched you. And Jesus said, daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Okay. If you're not catching on to some of the similarities here, we're going to go into a couple more and I'll break it down for you. Matthew 9, 23 through 30. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into his house where he was staying. And Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then they opened, Then their, or, their eyes were open and they could see. John 5, 6. One of the men lying there sick for 38 years when Jesus saw him and and knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the, the sick man said, for I have no one to bring me into the pool when the waters bubble up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Okay, so what do all of these miracles or all of these healings, I would say, well, it's a miracle, but um, <clears throat> for time's sake and for, um, I guess, theological sake, um, what do they all have in common? So, two things have to happen in order for a miracle to happen. These weird signs and prophecies, two things have to happen. The first thing is believing that God is able, right? And the second thing, is God willing? When the man with leprosy came up to God, came up to Jesus, he said, if you are willing... You can make me, you can heal me and make me clean. You see, the man with leprosy already knew that Jesus could heal him. He said, if you are willing. Mm, so good. Even in Luke, the girl that touched the hem of his garment, she already knew. She knew that if she could touch Jesus, she could get healed. And, she, and he healed her because she was she knew that Jesus was able and he was willing even the blind man he asked him he said do you believe that I can heal you and he asked him he asked him do you think that I am able right and Jesus was willing and even the guy the paralyzed the lame man that laid next to the fountain for 38 years he asked him he asked him do you want to be healed and that story was a bit different, but I think I truly believe the reason why miracles don't happen in your Christian life or you don't believe that he can cure cancer or you don't believe that he can literally heal the blind, hear people with deaf ears is because you don't have the faith enough to believe it. And I know that's that's hard to hear maybe, but... I mean, some of us, I mean, I was at a place in my Christian life where I thought that stuff was a little bit far-fetched or weird. I thought the holy roll down, I thought when people received the Holy Spirit and they knee, they kneed down in church and they fell to the floor, I was like, oh, come on, man, that's a show. But honestly, I believe it fully now. Like, and I'm not trying to flaunt my faith and say that I'm greater than you. I'm just saying that maybe in your faith, you're waist deep. And um, this is going to be 
tough to hear maybe for you if you don't believe in signs, wonders, and prophecies. But I'm going to be honest with you. You see people floating in the river. You see people floating deep in their faith and you're still waist deep. And I think the reason why you are waist deep is because you still lean on your own understanding. And um, that's tough to hear. And I knew that was tough to hear from me because, um, like, if you don't fully surrender your life to God, and I mean fully surrender, you know, there are things that the Bible teaches us to do, like tithing, giving your finance to God. It's not necessarily paying. Like God doesn't need you to pay his bills, right? But tithing really, what tithing really does and giving to your church does is saying that, hey, God, I'm going to give you some money. And what that does is I'm really obeying you, but I'm also trusting you that if I give this money away, you're going to take care of me, right? And so, and I'll give you another example. You know, you, you you go through work and you go through your dating life and you kind of keep your Christian your Christian stuff out of it, right? Like God isn't the center of your business. God isn't the center of your, like, it's just kind of like you, you don't fully lean on God for you, for God to handle your business and God to handle your relationship. You just kind of pick and choose what, what Bible scripture fits for you in your life, you know? You may be a Christian, but, you know, you're still having sex before marriage. Sorry, that ain't right. Or maybe you're a businessman and, you know, you're repoing people's car. Listen, that's your job, that's your occupation, but, I mean, you can ask Matthew how he felt about being a tax collector. Um, not very fulfilling, I can tell you that. But, listen, if you really want to start floating... If you really want to jump in the river, like all the other people that you see in your church, you know, with the hands up and while that preacher's preaching, they're saying amen. And you're like, man, why is that person so loud? Or why is that person so filled with the Holy Spirit? Or why does God move through their life so, so passionately? It's because they lean on God. They literally, they, they, I'm not saying those people are perfect. I'm not perfect, but they, they passionately and they deliberately just say, you know what, God, it's all you. Whatever you want me to use you for, use me. And that's when God's like, all right, let's go. You know what I mean? But if you're still, listen, it's one thing to step in the arena and it's another thing to fight. And so if you're waist deep in the river, you're already saved. And you already know that that you're unworthy. You already know that grace by faith and all those good things. But like, I can't even begin to tell you like there's, there's, a miracle and there is so many more gifts and things for you to do if you would just go all in and so I personally have gone all in in this past season and like my life has changed astronomically like I literally have been healed in my shoulder at church like I went to church and they're like whoever needs healing put your hand up and those people who have their hands up church put their hands on them and a couple people put their hands on me and like my shoulder was healed. It wasn't fully healed. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'll probably say that it was probably 10% from being fully healed. And so that's a blessing right there. Um, so I'm going to go into uh, 
Oh, yeah. I was supposed to read the Bible verse. Sorry. That, that Bible verse was Proverbs 3, 5, 6. And it was, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. And so, what what kind of faith does it require for for you to not only go waist deep, but to go fully in? What kind of faith does it require for God to do a miracle in your life? Like, what does that look like? Like, I, I, like it's easy to say, hey, you know what? Like, you just need more faith. <laughs> Pray more. Or, hey, you just need more faith. Like, you just need to go to church more. Or you need to read your Bible more. And I, I think those things are great. Those things are applicable. But honestly, like, y- your faith comes from what you what you believe in your actions and and kind of knowing what great faith looks like, right? And so I'm going to give you an example of what great faith looks like. And I pray, and we're going to pray that at the end of this, that you can have be fulfilled in that faith, right? So there's a passage in Daniel 3, 16 through 18. And these three men were before the king of Babylon at that time. And he was a very powerful person. One of the, probably one of the richest people at that time. And so this person, this guy has... Um, complete dominion over the region. And so the passage goes, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to butcher these names. So I'm just going to, three men replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we've served is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Wow. I just love that part. But even if he does not, that is the amount of faith that we need. That that believing that God can heal whatever it is that you have, that addiction, that, that, that trauma that you have from your past, maybe it's an injury. I really believe that if you truly believe that God can heal you and then after, even if he doesn't heal you, you still believe that he will, right? Literally. But even if he does not, let it be known to you that we will not bend to your will, O King. Man, that is such that's such great faith. And I, I, I pray that I can have great faith like those three men. And you know what ended up happening? God ended up saving those three men from the blazing fire. And they said, a man appeared in the fire. And we knew that it was Jesus. It was kind of like uh, foretelling back then that the Messiah was coming. But um, maybe another topic for another time. But I just wanted to, I wanted to bring that up because I just wanted you guys to know on this podcast that I really truly believe every word of the Bible and that, and that I believe in the power of God. I believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe in it all. That stuff, it's not weird to me. It's not. When people get healed or when something goes on at church, I'm like, hey, man, let's go. Like, he's moving. So I think it's weird for you because it hasn't happened to you or because you don't truly believe it. And I, I pray and I hope that that one day you won't be leaning on your own understanding and be waist deep. So let's pray and uh, I'll get you guys out of here. So heavenly father, 
Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. I thank you for leading me to this message or just kind of putting that on my heart. I hope that the people who needed to hear this today are revitalized, refreshed, and willing to go all in for you. I pray that whoever this message reaches, I pray that they would know that these signs, miracles, and wonders are not rare and they are not weird. They are the truth and they are real. They are the they are the fruits of what you can give. So Father, we pray in your heavenly name and I pray that people will go out throughout their week refreshed, on fire for you, and willing to go out and spread the good news. So, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for watching. And um, I hope you guys would continue to stay with the podcast because I'm probably going to be doing this twice a week, probably Monday and Thursday. I know today's Tuesday, but um, just kind of getting my bearings here and uh, figuring it out. If you guys want to watch this on YouTube, it is going to be on YouTube as well. Um, but for the most part, I'll probably just be promoting the podcast for right now. So um, thank you guys so much for walking, watching. God bless and can't wait to see you guys. See ya.